0: What does that mean more practically? Make sure that you ask your lender or your mortgage broker about the new loan to value requirements, the new upfront reserve requirements, and other terms that you need before you submit an offer on a deal. Before
1: we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead, so they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're gonna help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're gonna be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're gonna help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like, one, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint, two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about Each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to syndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes.
0: Hi, Best of Listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy, and for the majority of these episodes, we offer a free resource that will help you along your apartment syndication journey. All of these free resources, as well as free syndication school episodes, can be found at syndicationschool.com, and in this episode, we're going to go back to talking about the coronavirus we took off about a week or so and we're gonna jump back into it because today i want to talk about some of the changes that joe and ashcroft capital are making to their underwriting of value-add apartment deals during and then probably after the coronavirus pandemic so the purpose of this episode is going to be to outline the four main changes that Ashcroft Capital is making to the underwriting of new deals currently, and then for the, I wouldn't say foreseeable future, but at least for maybe the next few months after the coronavirus pandemic is over. Overall, the underwriting changes really need to be on a deal-by-deal basis, because different markets have different rules as it relates to coronavirus, This means that the economy is being impacted differently. But there are a few items, four items, in fact, that Ashcroft thinks are important to consider. So first is going to be year one operations. So it should be expected that there will be an increase in things like vacancy, bad debt, and concessions throughout 2020. And then once things settle down a bit and the economy reopens, it is also possible that some residents will no longer be able to afford living at the property. So the two things are one, some of the income loss items like vacancy, bad debt, and concessions. When you're making your assumptions, you should be projecting that they will be higher than usual. So based off of the T12 or current market rates, you can't really use those for vacancy, bad debt, and concessions right now because it's a different environment and once the coronavirus ends, it'll also likely be a different environment. And then secondly, once the economy reopens, the residents that are currently living at that property, right? So if you buy a property now, once rent repayment programs are ended or rent delays are ended, evictions are allowed again, maybe expect to have to evict more tenants than you usually have to because they've just been living there and maybe paying partial rent or just doing what they could. But once it's over, they can no longer pay the full amounts. That's year one operations. Number two is rent growth. So The rent growth for 2020 in the vast majority of markets is projected to suffer as unemployment rises. But the silver lining is that most of any rent lost in 2020 is expected to be recovered in 2021. So from my understanding, I believe I talked about this in one of the episodes, the rent growth is supposed to suffer. Rent growth isn't gonna go negative. It's just going to be less. So I'm pretty sure the most recent calculation I saw was about 1.3 something percent. As opposed to the two, three, four percents we've been seeing for the past decade or so. But apparently, this dip is supposed to be temporary. So, this dip in rent growth to the 1% range is temporary. And then in 2021, I'm supposed to go back to what it has been before. So, obviously, when you're underwriting a deal, the year one rent growth and year two rent growth should reflect. The immediate area and the demand in the market. So, obviously, you don't want to just use the 1% average. You want to figure out, okay, what are the experts think will happen to the rent in this specific market in the next two years? And then probably be even more conservative and assume that it might be less than that. That way, if it's better, great. If not, then you're still able to hit your returns to your investors. And where does this information come from? Your management company. So, we've talked about the importance of your property management company how to find a property management company. So you can find all that information at syndicationschool.com. Number three is going to be debt. So as of right now, most private lenders, so these are basically the bridge lenders, the ones that do the two to three year renovation type loans, are taking a pause from lending. But lenders that are still active are being extremely conservative with their loan proceeds and terms. So I talked about in a previous syndication school episode about JP Morgan Chase, for example, has changed their lending criteria. This is for residential loans, I understand that, but this is an example of a lender becoming extremely conservative. They're only lending to borrowers with a credit score of 700 or more and who can put down 20% or more. Right. So that definitely limits the pool of people who can get residential mortgages. Similarly, other lenders are doing the same for commercial. I think one of the biggest changes is the reserve amounts that were required. Now, the agencies are lending, but they are also being conservative on their underwriting and requiring large upfront reserves for debt service payments. So the reserve requirements are changing. So typically you create an upfront reserves account called an operating account for unexpected things that happen at the property. But now, in addition to that, you need another upfront amount of reserves that are a lender requirement. So more conservative proceeds should be underwritten and the underwriting needs to include these upfront reserves as it will impact the equity required to fund. So you're gonna need to raise additional money now from your investors, even though the cash flow is not going to be going up. So typically if the deal's cash flowing $100 per door, you have to raise X amount of money. Well now that, that deal might be cash flowing $75 per door, you have to raise even more money from your investors so that's why if you're looking at deals right now, you're gonna to have to negotiate a lower purchase price because of these new lending criteria and the rent growth and the year one operations i talked about previously. So what does that mean more practically? Make sure that you ask your lender or your mortgage broker about the new loan to value requirements, the new upfront reserve requirements, and other terms that you need before you submit an offer on a deal. So you need to have an understanding of whatever lender you've been using or you plan on using What are the terms of the loans they're offering? What are the LTV terms? So how much money do I need to put down? How much money do I need as upfront reserves? What are the interest rates? What's the amortization? Is there anything that I need to know that's changing so that I can underwrite my deals properly, right? Because if you don't know what the debt is going to be, it's gonna be impossible to submit correct offers on deals. And then lastly, for value-add deals, depending on the deal, many owners are pausing their interior renovation programs until the markets restabilize. So when you're underwriting a deal, it may be wise to assume that the value add program does not start until the overall market stabilizes. Now this is something that's gonna be obviously up to you depending on the state you're investing in or the local area you're investing in, if construction's considered an essential service, if construction companies are still working, things like that, but you see, think about, okay, I plan on going in there and renovating all these units and doing all these exterior upgrades, but, what are the typical ways that you renovate interiors? So exterior innovations are likely fine, assuming that business is essential in your state, but interior innovations is a one that might be delayed because of the fact that residents aren't able to move out right now. So again, to to summarize, the four changes that Ashcroft are making, and again, these four points came straight from the Director of Acquisitions at Ashcroft Capital, is number one, the year one operations, so things like vacancy, bad debt, and concessions should be assumed to be higher, at least during year one. Rent growth should be assumed to be lower than previous years. So whenever you're underwriting your annual rent growth increases, or even when you're determining what your rent premiums are going to be, you need to have a detailed conversation with your proper management company to determine how to calculate that. So annual income growth typically is 2 to 3%. Definitely want to be underwriting maybe a one or one and a half percent, at least for year one and year two. And then when it comes to rent premiums, again, you're going to just see what's the demand for those units in the immediate area? What are the prices on the newest leases in the area? It can't be leases from a year ago or six months ago or really even two months ago. It needs to be probably within the last few weeks to month. What are the rents being demanded for those specific units? Number three is debt, so making sure you have a conversation with your lender so you know exactly what types of terms they're offering on their loans now, including what sort of upfront reserve requirements are needed. And then lastly, for the value add deals, understanding that you're likely going to need to delay any interior renovations until the markets restabilizes and COVID is gone because you're not allowed to evict people, tenants are probably moving a lot less because of the coronavirus. So those are four things to keep in mind when underwriting deals. Obviously, if you are out there underwriting deals, I'd love to hear from you what you're doing so we can maybe add to these four points. So if you have any advice, any things that you're doing differently when underwriting, please let me know by emailing theo at joefairless.com. And of course, anyone who reaches out and I include their information, it obviously won't be in this episode, but I'm gonna turn this into a blog post, so I will definitely give you a contributor status for the blog post since you contributed your underwriting advice to the document. So that concludes this episode. To listen to other Syndication School series about the how to's of apartment syndication and check out some of our free documents, please visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and I will talk to you soon.
1: Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com.